Welcome to Just Friends, the podcast where a man and a woman who are cumulatively more than 100% Irish got married and now they watch Friends together for the first time ever. I'm Becca. I'm Chris. I think it's kind of like, I don't know how people are going to understand that. What do you mean? Together, we're more than 100% Irish. I mean... And it's St. Patrick's Day. I guess if you just nominally add up the the percentages of our Irishness... That's how I add numbers, yes. No, but I think, like, if you added our DNA together, it wouldn't be more than 100% Irish or anything. Well, if you added it together, yeah, it would be. It would be some sort of super Irish. If we had a child, it wouldn't be some super Irish. No, not if we had a child, but if you just added our DNA together, not in the way that, like, you know, DNA splitting happens or whatever happens no, with you're talking, spawn. You be, no, adding the numbers together. Yeah. Just adding those numbers. Yes, you are right. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and here on St. Patrick's Day... We're all Irish, right? That's what people always say. Yeah, I mean, they say a lot of stupid stuff on St. Patrick's I'm gonna Day. I'm going to message one of my Irish coworkers, send him a screenshot of my DNA, and be like, we're the same. So, happy St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, I, <laughs> I know what you're going through. We were re-watching Dairy Girls recently. I don't know if we've talked about how much we love that show on this podcast before. I think so. Yeah, but... In it, I was asking Chris, actually, this was not even related to rewatching Dairy Girls. I was just asking Chris, do Northern Irish people consider themselves Irish or British? And he was, I was like, disgusted. Yeah. He's like, that's the like, that's the thing. Yeah, I'm like, that's the conflict. I'm like, no, no, no. But like, do they consider themselves Irish or British? Like I consider them, you know, like if they're Catholic, then they're Irish. And he's like, yeah, that's like from Dairy Girls. <laughs> he's like, you know, there's that part where he's like, okay, what similarities do you guys have? And it's about like the uh, Catholic and the Protestant kids sort of coming together in Northern Ireland and like understanding they are the same. They're all humans. And uh, right. I mean, that's like what it is. And uh, one of them raises their hands and they're like, uh, Protestants are British and Catholics are Irish. And He's like, no, that's a, that's actually a big difference. Quite a big difference. Like, that's a difference. It's quite a big difference, actually. And Chris is like, yeah, so that's like the whole thing. Like, that's the joke in the show is that that's like the whole conflict. That's why that was funny. Because uh, it was like distilling this like fundamental thing that has been a conflict for centuries into like a few words. And he's like, that's no, that's the exact opposite of what yeah. I want right now. And I was like, no, but, but what do they consider themselves? And he's like, how are you not getting this? Like, yeah. this was one of the more idiotic, I think for Chris, one of the more idiotic arguments that we had. And I was just really not getting it. I'm like, but so it, it is Catholics are <laughs> Irish then, right? <laughs> it was like listening to uh in great news when, um, I forget her name is in the show, uh, Nicole Richie, when she, um, Portia. yeah, when Portia invents newspapers again, oh, she's yeah. like thinking about it. She's like, she's like, oh, there's gotta be a better way to get people news. Like what if, like, you know, people just got like it, like printed out every day and uh, how are we going to get it to people? I got it. Kids on bikes. And they're like, Portia, yeah. you're just inventing the newspaper. It was like listening to someone like have these realizations and they're just like so fundamental and have already been tread yeah. over a million times. <laughs> Anyway, happy St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. A friend's a friend who knows what being a friend is. Talking with a friend. Because you're the friend that I've been searching for. Anyway, so this week we watched The One with the Race Car Bed. Season 3, Episode 7 of Friends. And of Just Friends. This podcast. Yeah, I feel like it's never clear what you're listening to until, like... <laughs> 
you know. Yeah, so people a few, are like, a few minutes in. if you're just listening to podcasts in the way that you just listen to like the new episodes of the podcast that you're subscribed to, they're like, what is this one again? Like something about the troubles, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Or if you just have like a bunch of podcasts on shuffle or something, yeah. you won't know what what this is. I don't think that people really consume podcasts that yeah, way. Yeah, I know. This one was written by Seth Curland and directed by Gail Mancuso. A lot of lady directors on Friends, you know, I have to say, especially for the 90s. Uh, yeah, I guess there's been a few. I don't remember. These names in the credits just fly right by me. Just yeah. There hasn't really been any repeats yet, so it's tough to, like... Well, we just started doing this. Link things up. I know, but it's, yeah. I it's... mean, you didn't even recognize the names of the creators of the show. I mean, I mean... And they I, put I, that, like, pretty prominently. If I tried at all, I may have been able to oh, really? come up with that, but I, you know, just immediately... When I told you last week, you were like, never heard of them. No. I mean, that was just my... That was my game plan for all the names. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> No matter how familiar. <laughs> Even if it was your own name. Like, yeah. yeah, never heard of it. It's weird. What a coincidence. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, not one of Friends' best episodes. Uh, I mean, it definitely had some laughs. Uh, sure. I laughed at a few parts. Oh, okay. You did? Yeah. I heard no, you no, laughing. No. I definitely laughed. And actually... Well, don't say, oh, like I'm some idiot oh. laughing in that sense. <laughs> oh, what a simpleton. I had no idea. Oh. <laughs> Oh, so that's what you think is funny. <laughs> it opens with Ross telling some story about a kid named Carl. He's telling him, no matter how famous your parents are, you can't climb on the dinosaurs. And then it goes into a trope we haven't seen used on Friends yet, but that is very well-tread in TV in general, movies, all sorts of things, where you start to get um, the, internal, the like, inner monologue, monologue yeah. yeah, of all the characters. And... You know, people are judging. Daydreaming. Daydreaming. Whatever. Gunther is apparently in love with Rachel, yeah. we've learned. I think it's he weird even Gunther gives her moments. some a sniff. Yeah, it's kind yeah, of it's definitely... definitely weird because you're not introduced to like his love for Rachel at all until this moment. And it's a yeah, awkward Yeah, he was thinking, he's like, what does Rachel see in that guy? Yeah. He's thinking this. And then, I wish she was my wife. And that was before, yeah, before he gave her, he's like, I love Rachel. And then like inhales deeply above her head. And he's like, I wish she was my wife. It was, yeah. it was weird. It was weird. It was, just because they're, I mean, according to that Lego set, he's like a part of the show. I don't know if he becomes a bigger part or yeah. less a strange kind of like little spice that is sprinkled in. I feel like this so is going to be like where Gunther, like his launching off point. You I know, thought because it was going to happen so long ago and they never do yeah, it. Yeah, but now he really had a moment. Like before he's just had a couple of lines here and there. Like, Here's So is this order. like his, his like initial plot now? Is that he loves Rachel? Yeah, I guess so. And they're going to run this out? Ugh, God. <laughs> I hope not. Mm-hmm. Well, I think we can look forward to that. Then they go to Joey, and Joey, predictably, if you're familiar with this trope at all, he, you know, his inner monologue was just like How many noise. Tune? I yeah, think it was like a. I feel like it was a TV show theme or something. Yeah, I couldn't maybe. pinpoint it. Yeah, I'll have to look it up. He is humming "Baby Elephant Walk" by Henry Mancini. Rachel was talking about his, like, think of his stories. Monica was like judging his stories. Chandler was off thinking of something totally unrelated. Mm-hmm. And then Phoebe could hear Joey's humming. Yeah, that's more, right. More Phoebe, you know, mystical yeah. darkness, powers, whatever, <laughs> which we haven't touched on in a while. <laughs> she can apparently read minds. At least a little. Yeah. Doesn't know where it's coming from. Because <laughs> she's she's her like, thought was singing? like, yeah, who's singing? <laughs> they go back into the apartment where Ross asks everyone like, oh, when you guys played Happy Days as kids, who were you? 
And he says a character. I'm not super familiar with Happy Days. I could never really watch it. I was much more of a Welcome Back Cotter person. Oh, I mean, I know Happy Days. I forget what they said. He said, I don't know what he said. Uh, I feel like they said, like, the parents or something. Mm. Like, no one played Happy Days. Like, what do you do? They just kind of, like, putzed around. I don't know what you do. I didn't even, like, play TV shows as kids. No. So, yeah, Happy Days. Yeah, maybe I played Rugrats, but, Some, like, teenagers, like, they weren't doing you know crazy stuff like fighting crime or anything like yeah. what would you do playing happy days and why were you days? anyone but the fonts that's my question yeah i think that was like the joke that he was he was some like like yeah. the, like gail mancuso like, or something yeah or some like random part mm-hmm. or mr cunningham i don't know some like <laughs> lame lame character yeah anyway and somebody else monica answered. chimed in yeah with who it's she played no one else played yeah and the stupid game right i think chandler like you know says how many eggs did they throw at your house or something along those lines? Yeah, just how lame it was. Yeah. Anyway, then we get into the big stories. So, as you know from the previous episodes, Janice is getting divorced from the Mattress King. And I'd forgotten he was the Mattress King. Yeah, me too. <laughs> if they did establish that. If, yeah, if they even did. But <laughs> also, where's her kid? <laughs> like, still not a thing. True. Yeah, man. I mean, what is she I'm just... really questioning. Was that a kid? <laughs> Like, was that her kid? Yeah, I feel like this episode, like, either, like, she was somewhere and, like, he was at the store working. With the, I guess the kid, the kid have, like, some, you know, au pair or something, but it just doesn't seem like Sure, that. it just doesn't <laughs> even seem like it's a thing. It's very confusing. So, the Mattress King, he has, like, this commercial where he's like, oh, I'm so depressed that I'm slashing prices. Classic, yeah. you know, small town. I was like, or, my kingdom has no queen. Yeah. And he's all depressed. <laughs> small budget advertising. And he's like, oh, man, these prices, they're crazy. Like $4.99 for a queen mattress. And Monica's like, yeah, pillow top. And Monica's like, ooh, that's actually a pretty good deal. And everyone's like, you can't buy from the mattress king. Like, you know, Janice and Chandler, all of that. And his tagline is, I'm close, I'm cheap, I'm the king. (laughs) (laughs) Phoebe and Monica, they go to the store in order to buy a mattress. I don't even think that this is the A plot, but it is, you know, the first real plot that you're introduced to. So let's just go with it. And Phoebe, there's some kid sitting in a race car bed. Uh, and Phoebe, like, starts talking to him about, like, you know, quality of the bed or something. That kid looks just like one of the gorillas characters. I don't know which one, but he really does. Oh, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't make that connection immediately, so I'll, to be, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> but, yeah, she's, like, uh, he's, like, pretending to drive it. And she makes a joke. She's, like, you know, if this car were in England, it would be on the other side of the store. And, you know, and he, like, raises an eyebrow, like, what are you talking about, crazy yeah. lady? Stop talking to me. Monica ends up buying a bed. One pillow top bed. mattress. Pillow top mattress. <laughs> and getting it delivered when she's not at home. And Phoebe and Joey are there. Uh, they actually have great chemistry. I wonder if they ever explore this in the show. Like, the two of them getting together. Because uh, they do, like, this whole... You know, they're kind of killing time here, and uh, they do this whole boxing scene. And it just seems like, you know, they're really comfortable together. It seems like they would be a good pair. Certainly I mean, much better than they're the two funniest Rachel. characters. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, they just, you know, they know how to play it loose. Mm. Well, anyway, I hope that they end up getting together in some fashion. Monica <laughs> is getting her bed delivered, and Phoebe ends up punching Joey in the nose through this whole boxing exercise that they're doing. Like, Joey goes at it kind of soft, punching her on the shoulder, and Phoebe goes right for his nose. He just, like, taps her yeah. right on the shoulder, and she starts, like, throwing yeah. jabs right at his nose. <laughs> and they have to go to the fridge in order to get ice. ice. And 
this guy is coming in and they have already signed for the bed and everything while Phoebe is getting ice and they just start, the delivery guys just start bringing the bed in and the audience sees that it's a race car bed, but obviously Joey and Phoebe are otherwise occupied. It's not the fancy pillow top mattress that Monica had thought she purchased. Yeah. So Phoebe is freaking out later. Like, you know, she doesn't want to tell Monica, whatever. Monica eventually comes home and she's like, what's this? And, Phoebe's like, you know, it just all happened so quickly. Joey just left his nose open and then they delivered this bed and you signed for it so they won't take it back. And Monica's like, what do you mean I signed for it? And Phoebe's like, I mean, I signed for it as you. (laughs) Monica does try to go back to the store and return it. But, you know, this is actually, I'll save this for the end. The big reveal that Joey sees at this moment. Yeah, but they won't give it, they won't exchange it. They're like, oh, like, you signed it, you signed it. I mean, that doesn't, like, mean anything. Yeah. <laughs> also, said. she signed it as whatever Monica oh, Ferris well, Geller. Did, uh, yeah, this part was funny where uh, Phoebe has to sign as Monica. And there's obviously, like, a space for, like, middle name. And she's signing as Monica. She's like, oh, like, do I have a middle name? She's like, what's it, Joey? Like, oh. And he's like, I don't know. And she's like, uh, Monica. Beulah. Like Falula. Yeah, Falula. <laughs> Monica Falula Geller. <laughs> and later in the episode, he's like, you signed it right here. Monica Falula Geller. I would be like, hello, not my name. Here's my ID. Uh, yeah, but... I mean, I would never get stuck with that bed. No, I mean, unless it was like the sketchiest of businesses, they would be like... Oh, yeah, but then you do a chargeback. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've got plans. That's pretty much it. One point, Chandler is in the bed, you know, pretending to be a race car driver. When we see Monica come discover the bed, she's wearing green. First time I think I I recall Monica wearing green. And it's on our St. Patrick's Day. I know it's not their I St. Patrick's Day. I would have no idea. <laughs> I don't think you do either. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that plot, kind of a snoozer, but it does have, it does have the big reveal at the mm-hmm. end that we'll get to. Yeah. Perhaps the main plot is, I don't know, Joey teaching? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. They were all kind of... Yeah co-equal i mean i feel like the the most consequential one at least in the near term was you know the, the bed the bed one. Oh, you know that one's gonna be big the, mm. the one with with yeah. ross and rachel's dad like that'll have long-term effects but it's not going to be like the thing that is happening in the next few episodes i guess and certainly this joey thing won't be but we'll go into that plot next so joey is has just gotten a gig teaching Soap opera for... Soap opera acting. Yeah, soap opera acting. At the Learning Annex. (laughs) And he is doing a pretty good job at this. Like, no one really cares about his credentials. He's like, oh, you may recognize me from being Dr. Drake Ramore. He's not even that direct. He's like, "Uh, my first day on the set is Dr. Drake Ramore of Days of Our Lives. And he, like, pauses and looks and, like, no one is registering it. And he's like, okay, Okay. (laughs) moving on. He basically just walks them through, like, moments and how he responds to them, like, beat by beat. This is one of the few episodes or moments of Friends that I remember from, like, just watching Friends in my life is that tip that Joey gives about, okay, you want to make yourself cry? I cut a hole in my pocket, take a pair of tweezers, and just start pulling. I don't know if that meant, like, I thought it meant, like, just, like, grabbing, like, skin, like, physically, like, actually pinching yourself. Is that what he says? I always thought that he said pull out pubes. No, you just didn't start pulling. Oh, man. Okay, well, then I spent my whole life thinking that it was about pulling out pubes, a tactic that I have tried. And I also thought right now that he said pulling out pubes, but that may be because oh, I was just th- thinking. That wouldn't make you, like, cry. It would make you kind of, like, like wince, like, quickly. Like, it wouldn't be good for... Oh, no, it doesn't work for crying. <laughs> no, You're right. it would be terrible. You but didn't... neither would pulling skin. 
No, like, well, that would at least cause, like, sustained pain, whereas, like, plucking, like, a pube it would just make you kind of, like, like winced. You just, it would what look, if you puck, pluck a pube? It would look like you're pubes. getting low-level electrocuted. <laughs> like, it would not look like you're crying. What if you're pulling out, like, a bunch of pubes, though, if you, like, pull out, like, six at once? What kind of tweezers do you have? Like, bear paw tweezers? tweezers. I mean, it's also not what he says. So you, <laughs> I don't know why you're fighting about this. I just can't believe this. Like, I really thought my whole... Like, whenever Friends, this episode came out and, like, the reruns, whenever I first saw it, I, mean, I, I always thought that, it was That's about not what hoops. I heard when we were watching it. He said, like, yeah. and start pinching or start pulling. I don't know. It wasn't... Yeah, it start definitely... pulling and start pulling. I think that's what he says. So I always just think that he's talking about pubes. I think we might have to do a poll here. I might have to get on uh, my Instagram stories and see what the people say. They're going to go with pubes because it's funnier. Okay. Then it's a sitcom. Shouldn't about. we be assuming that it's pubes? No, the audience didn't laugh nearly enough for it to be about pubes. You know that the audience doesn't always get all the jokes. What? They'll, they tell them when to laugh. What do you mean they don't get the jokes? They'll pump it in if they don't get the joke. There's lots of times when we've been like, the audience didn't laugh at that at all. Maybe the writers didn't like it either. <laughs> <laughs> okay, who's the writer? I'm going to like find them on LinkedIn and be like, look, I've got a question for you. Very important. It's Seth Curland. Is he still alive? Yes. He is a TV writer. Great. Not was. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll get to the bottom of that later. Mm -hmm. Upon review, the reaction from Joey's students makes it clear that he appears to be talking about pulling pubic hair. Anyway, so Joey, he's got other hot tips for actors. Like, okay, if you're doing something evil, you know, like so arch your eyebrow. Push the fish hook in your yeah, eyebrow. Fish, fish, uh, fish hook in your eyebrow. Which if, I can't do. I find myself doing that at work all the time. The other thing was... Oh, where if uh, if you want to look like uh, you just heard some... Uh, Terrible news. Yeah, you just you just divide like 2,304 by 13 or something. And then, you know, it's just him like, you know, confusing, like look ba looking back and forth like he's doing mental math or something. It was funny. Yeah, it was funny. So his whole class, he really likes this. Um, then one of his students comes forward later and says... He's looking to play the boxer on All My Children. He's got an audition. Joey also wants this part. He has, he has, he has the same audition. And he is like, oh, you know, his student like does this whole scene. He does a great job. He's crying and everything. And Joey's like, oh, are you, you know, tweezers? You got tweezers going? And his student is like, no. Joey's like, oh, my God. Like, great He's, job. Then. Yeah, like, that's good. Man. You see Joey go through all the motions as, you know, he starts to come up with this idea to sabotage his student. Because well, first the student is like, uh, you know, he does this great performance and Joey clearly recognizes it. And the student goes, oh, so like, do you have any tips? And he's like, he does his whole like evil Fish face. Fish hook in the yeah. eyebrow. <laughs> and you know he's, you know, scheming. Yeah. And then he goes into his like thoughtful, you know, like doing mental math thing. Turns out he told the kid to play the character as homosexual super gay super gay and he tells his class about this he's like you know one of the things that i want to admit to or whatever he has this whole like it's like another rule of acting like yeah. you know it's like don't screw over another yeah. actor he's like i recently had and took this opportunity like very recently or something like as of two days ago or something and he told his class that he told the actor to play it gay because he thought that that would sabotage him he's then he says it turns out they like the whole stupid gay thing <laughs> <laughs> yeah and he got booked for like a like a 13 episode or you know a whole yeah. year or something <laughs> yeah exactly it probably you know i don't know if this plot line would exist today or if he would have the same lines at least 
No, they definitely would have handled it differently. Yeah. But, you know, interesting to see this in a time capsule, at least. And also interesting that they took the gay character. And we had just watched uh, the clip that got Damon Wayans fired from SNL, where he, without telling anyone, decided to play a police officer who was just supposed to be like a straight background cop actor. And he decided to do it in that classic Damon Wayans, like, effeminate gay voice. Didn't tell anyone. And apparently was fired on the spot after the skit. <laughs> it's really good. I think it's called Mr. Monopoly. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you can see that everyone in the scene is kind of like, uh, you know, doesn't, like, really, doesn't okay. really know what is happening. Yeah. They're all professionals, though. Yeah. Like, they just keep moving. Even that guy who's crazy now and fled to Canada. Because uh, the Hollywood. Yeah. Um, that giant hulking beast of a man. Yeah, from Christmas Vacation. Uncle Eddie. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. What is that guy's name? Randy Quaid. Oh, Quaid. God. Yeah. Yeah, so he's in the sketch. That John, guy from John Friends. Lovitz. John Lovitz. <laughs> yeah, John Lovitz. He also was, he, was, he was Mr. Monopoly. Yeah. And Damon Wayans playing a surprisingly gay character. <laughs> well, it's funny because it's just, it's never acknowledged. It's not a part of the sketch yeah. at all. He's just like doing it and uh, it is it is weird. The backstory of why he wanted to do it is interesting too. He just wanted to really... You know, set, him, like, set himself apart. He didn't want to be a background player, and he was almost competing against Eddie Murphy. Yeah, well, it sounds like he was just kind of fed up and thought, you know, got to get, you know... He's got to get swing, out there. Swing for the fences. Yeah. Also, I guess that right before that, he had been wearing... It was supposed to be based on Miami Vice. In Miami Vice, they don't wear cop uniforms. They wear, like, suits. And, well, for, uh, like, detectives. Yeah, so they were... That's what it was supposed to be based on. Oh. So when he was wearing the white suit... One of the producers, like the junior producers, was like, oh, you don't look like a cop in that. You look like a pimp. And he just flipped out. He was like, I'm so tired of this. And that is pretty offensive. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I think that's it for the Joey plotline. Yeah. Yeah. I think that it ends there. Besides the big reveal. Yeah. Well, that's that's related to the... uh the monica bed plot line yeah. but oh, yeah his class does like his whole monologue well, so i think when they when he gives his whole you know emotional disclosure about how he tried to sabotage a fellow actor or something i can't tell if they are just like proud of him for admitting it or if they think he's doing like a monologue or something but, i think it's more of the latter yeah so that he finishes it and they all start clapping and he's like oh thank you <laughs> thank you thank you yeah. <laughs> and then just kind of rolls with it i hope that helps joey grow as an actor like you know you have to tap tap into those real moments yeah real emotion real pain Mm -hmm. it's not about fish hooks and math problems (laughs) it's about your real suffering yeah the last plot line is rachel's dad and ross trying to get along rachel's dad already hates ross i guess this is something that is established we've met him before and he Mm -hmm. was like a just disdainful of ross uh, oh, you I think know, so. he was like Ross... a dick. He was at that party. Yeah, like... where Ross kept being weird, but he yeah. was like covering something up. He was covering up the mom and yeah, everything. but they they both came to yeah. the party when they they weren't supposed to, and he was trying to keep them separate. And he was so being... he just ended up being a weirdo. Yeah, I mean, they established that Rachel's dad was like an asshole, hmm. um, and that he you know well, he, he wasn't like enamored of Ross. Yeah, he was wearing like that, that Nautica uniform last time. Yeah. And I mean, they also brought his boat back into the yeah, mix. The that's set, right. You know, yeah. They at least kept it consistent. Nice. Finally. Yeah. <laughs> Rachel's dad apparently calls Ross wethead, which, why does his hair always look wet? Gel. What do you mean why? Or some Gel product. Gel so much. Just, it's just like product or yeah. something. Like, you know, That's that was gross. like a look that yeah. people had. 
Oh, speaking of which, uh, Chandler and Joey, both of their hair in this episode, very... Chandler is, like, full flip, like, 90s flip if you were a youth in the 90s or maybe even oh. a 20-year-old in the 90s. Like, everyone had this hair, and he had it very... Like, boy's hair must have been so long in order to achieve, like, peak flip. Yeah, it was big in middle school. Absolutely. I, I never had the flip. Well, Your the, well, hair really couldn't accommodate no, it. My hair couldn't do anything. I didn't have the bowl cut. I didn't have the flip. I didn't have any of the the, the great hairstyles of my generation. Yeah. <laughs> Could your brother's hair do a bowl cut? Uh, it probably could. Like his his was more like you know straight and kind yeah, of but like. But you know he has that cowlick. Well, he's the no. I have the cowlick. He has the widow's peak. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, his his wouldn't. It wouldn't do. We neither one of us had like the full you know, circumference around the head, you know, proper bowl cut. Yeah. But his, his, his like, you know, was straighter and kind of just hung down. Yeah. I mean, my hair could never do a bowl cut either, as you can see. Um, my sister <laughs> is the only one who could like really accommodate it. Yeah. Sean could never do a, a bowl no, cut. No, Sean's hair is a lot. Too wavy. Like, how have you yeah, seen? It's yeah. too wavy. How, yeah. What are you talking about? I guess you would straighten your hair for a bowl cut. Ugh. As a, <laughs> like a what? An eight-year-old? Yeah. <laughs> If your mom really wanted you to hit that trend. If your mom's a real maniac, sure. <laughs> Joey has, like, some real greasy bangs going. Yeah, just sort of, yeah, like like a few are kind of yeah. draping down. Another look in the 90s, but... Um, I mean, not as bad as some of... There were some episodes where he had, like, oh, you yeah. know, like, eight thick, like, strands in his face. This one, it was just kind of, like, yeah. a few loose ones. They haven't really perfected, like, the look that really, um... The really emphasizes or epitomizes the 90s for me where it's like you know just a couple on the edges of greasy bangs it's still like too many placed in the middle Mm -hmm. ross is like all anxious about meeting rachel's dad and going out to dinner with him because he knows he hates him they go out to dinner and ross like starts making jokes rachel's dad isn't having it he's making his own jokes about ross they're going back and forth you know and it's just not they're just not jiving i don't know if there's anything you want to say about the jokes uh, oh, about the joke? No. I mean, yeah, yeah they were just kind of... There's jokes. They're yeah, fine. They're, yeah, they're whatever, fine. Yeah, but I mean, Rachel's dad, like, is the dick. Like, she kept oh, trying to, absolutely. Like, like, get Ross, like, Ross, like, you need to get along with him. But, like, I feel like, you know, at a certain point... You need to accept that your yeah. dad is just an asshole. Yeah, and that, like, you can't, like, don't... You're basically telling me, like, you know, just to kind of roll I mean, that, that's after. Like, Rachel dick. is trying to appease Ross after, like, the big moment. So... One of the, the only joke that I really liked is when Rachel's like, oh, daddy, how's your boat? And he's like, they found rust. And he's like, to Ross, he's like, you know what happens when they find rust on a boat, Ross? And he's like, uh, you know, mature patina or something. I don't remember. He's like, it gives it that, like, you know, yeah. what old, cool, weathered look or something. Yeah. He's like, it's dead. Like, like it's can- it. Like, the yeah. rust is cancer. cancer to a boat. Yeah. And Ross is like, oh, I lost a bike that way, too. And Rachel's dad is just not having it. Yeah. Rachel loved that joke. Yeah. After this, Rachel's dad, like, walks away and Ross looks at the check, which Rachel's dad has covered. He's only left a 4% tip, which is, like, a ridiculously low amount. Yeah, I mean, under well 5%. Leave. You might as well leave now. Yeah, 4% is, like, actively saying, you have done a very bad job and I want to let you know. Like, mm-hmm. I'll give you a little tip because I'm an American and I know we have to tip, but, like, fuck yeah, you. no tip. It could be, like, I just, I don't know yeah, the customer. Yeah, like, I don't, I don't tip. Like, that's it. But 4% is, like, yeah, really insulting. I remember one time we, when I was, like, really, really young, you know, I probably was, like, 12, 
because my brother was just a baby. We went to Mangia. Is that the name of the chain restaurant? I have no idea what you're talking about. (laughs) Anyway, chain restaurant of Italian places. I don't even know how popular they are. But it's called Mangia. There used to be one in Plattsburgh, my hometown. And we went there, and my little brother was just crying and crying and crying. I was miserable. I'm sure my sister, who was like two, was miserable. My mom was like, whatever, like, you know, this baby's crying. Like, somebody bring him some snacks. And they just never, like, came over and acknowledged us even. Which, you know, my feeling is that children don't belong in restaurants, but Mangia, whatever, who knows? Maybe it's a children restaurant. We never went back to one again or that one. And my mom was just like so furious that they never came over to like even give us like any snacks or crackers or anything in order to like get my brother to stop crying that she left like a 5% tip. And I remember her like talking about it like, oh, I used to be a waitress. This is like a very specific tip. You leave this amount in order to let the waitress know that they have done a very bad job. And it was like a whole thing. I remember her talking about it a lot. And it has stuck with me. So now, like, when I feel that a waitress has done a very bad job, which is very rare, I will leave, like, a 5% tip. But I think I've only done it once. Yeah, I can only think of one. I think it was, like, 10%. (laughs) I feel like you negotiated with me. And it was, like, the time when the waitress literally never came back to our table. Yeah. And we still left the table. (laughs) I was like, this is ridiculous, Chris. We have never seen this waitress again. Yeah, though that was yeah, that wasn't like we couldn't leave. Like we had to. Yeah, let, yeah that was. A, that I was a, like, we should just die and dash. They obviously don't care. We have been here for like hours <laughs> with no water, nothing, and there was no one else in the restaurant too. It was like, where is this person? Yeah, no, that that was rough. And it was even like the time where my waiter literally was like doing heroin in the like in the middle of the shift, and they got fired during the shift. It was even worse than that. That time when that waitress, we were like, uh, what happened to that waiter who was super weird and very confusing? And the new waiter was like, he wasn't feeling well. (laughs) He had to go home. (laughs) Okay. Anyway, where was I? Oh yeah. So, uh, Rachel's dad, shitty tipper. And he. Ross notices. Ross notices. And he's like, this is outrageous. And Rachel's like, that's daddy. And Ross is like, that's daddy. Like, this is fucked up. Like, you must be offended by this. You're a waitress. And Rachel's like, yeah, if he was a regular at the coffee shop, sure, I'd be serving him sneezers. And Ross is like, okay, like, do you actually give people sneezers? And Rachel's like, no, I mean, no, not me, but like people. Other people do. And you know, she's given sneezers, which I have to assume is just sneezing in a coffee cup. Yeah. Just on there. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Which seems a little too obvious. What do you mean? Well, if I'm like a shitty waitress, I would do something a little more subtle. But who would know? You, no one would ever notice that, ever. Coffee shop is like wet, wide open. Like if anybody's sneezing oh, behind to... the counter at all. Yeah, but you're, and you're going to like look over and be like, oh, that was on my cot. Like, you know, no one's going to notice yeah. that. Just a simple spit. That's what I would do. <laughs> yeah. Sneezing like Or something sneeze. even more like uh, nefarious, like put my arm my hand in my armpit and then just rub my hand around the rim. So it's like they're drinking my armpit. So Ross puts a 20 down in order to compensate for Rachel's dad's bad tipping. And they walk away and everything is going to be fine, except that Rachel's dad wants to go back and get his receipt. Ross tries to talk him out of it, but Rachel's dad's like, you know, fuck off, whatever, I'm getting my receipt. He gets it and he's like, uh, what's this? Seeing the $20 bill. Ross is like, you know, it's just, that's mine. I left it there. And Rachel's dad flips out. He's like, you think I'm cheap? Like, blah, blah, blah. And it doesn't go well. You know, they all know. 
what everyone else is thinking. This is when, after this is when Rachel tries to appease Ross and say like, you and my dad just need to get well, along. Her dad does make Ross pay for the whole meal. Oh, that's right. He rips up his, because I guess his back like when they, you would just like, I don't know if they made a copy of the card or I don't know what yeah. the deal was back then. He was then. talking about the carbon copy. Yeah. Because like, yeah, these days, you know, you that would be too late <laughs> to make that choice. So I guess, yeah, if they can't run it or keep the copy, I don't know. Yeah. Like when we took that cab in Baltimore. But it seems like if, if like they would have made their copy and given him the carbon copy. I know, but like whatever. At this point, yeah, I don't know. Either way, he rips up <laughs> something to, to signify that he is no longer paying for the meal. This is when Rachel tries to appease Ross to get along with her dad. Like, you just need to get along. Like, my parents already can't be in the same room. I can't have a third room for you. Like, come on, just do it for me. Which I agree with what you said earlier, like... Fuck that. Just admit yeah, that your her, dad's an asshole. Well, if she wants to change things, she needs to go back to her dad and be like, you can't, like, you're an asshole. You can't treat people you're cheap. like this. You're an asshole. <laughs> yeah, like, don't make other people pretend like him being a huge piece of shit is, like, fine and you just, like, roll with it. Like, yeah. That's not good. This is toxic masculinity at work. This is what everybody's talking about. Yeah, no, it's just, it's just a bad way to make people, like, <laughs> yeah. live. That's terrible. But, surprise, surprise... Rachel or Rachel's dad and Ross start to find a reason to bond over Rachel's chiropractor, who Rachel's dad, a doctor of some sort, does not respect as mm. a doctor. Well, because he comes to brunch the next morning. She's like, I'll schedule Like, I'll do brunch tomorrow. Like, you guys can make up. So they're at brunch the next morning. Like, this, like, chiropractor thing comes up. And Ross is like, oh, like, you know, I hate the chiropractor too. And they're like, yeah, chiropractors suck. I don't remember the exact nuances of that. And Rachel's dad is like, why do you even let her go to the chiropractor? He's like, let her. I think Rachel even says like, let me. And Ross is like, yeah, she doesn't even listen to me about the renter's insurance. And Ross, or Rachel's dad is like, what? You don't have renter's yeah. insurance? And oh, yeah. Rachel is obviously not super, you know, enthused by this. But their bonding is ganging up on her. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which, you know, who can blame her? But she did ask for this. And um, yeah, she should understand that, you know, you just got to let bad shit happen to you <laughs> in order for things to be smooth. Yeah. Mutual hatred is the basis of many friendships. Mm -hmm. And Rachel says to Ross, like, Ross is like, oh, man, do you see your dad and I are like hitting it off? And she's like... Yeah, why don't you just tell him about the mole that I haven't had removed yet? And Ross is like, great idea. <laughs> now for the big reveal. So when R Joey and Monica are back at the mattress store. Trying, trying to return to, it. Yeah, yeah. Joey is talking to some jester in the front. and A salesperson. Yeah. <laughs> Not just a random jester. Well, he's dressed up as a... He is, he's got yeah. a jester hat on. But he, he works there. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like... All right, that's enough. Like, I'm going to go talk to the king. He's and like, the jester's the like, king. no like... one can talk to the king. <laughs> yeah. well, he has a, like, a big like cartoony jester head on and a suit and tie on. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, no one talks to the... No one can see the king. Yeah. Joey storms back to the office where it says, like, I don't know, Fred King or something on the door. And um, he looks inside the window and sees, like the king making out with a woman and he starts like nodding like nice getting it in yeah and then uh you know it opens up a little bit uh the the shot opens up a little bit and you see uh the woman pull back and it's janice 
And she goes, oh my God. But not as like over the top as she normally does. It's more of a subdued. Well, I think it's more, usually it's like a shocked, oh my God. Mm -hmm. This one was more like a, you know, like, oh my God. Yeah, exactly. I can't believe we just did that. A real actress here with all these, oh my God, nuances. She only has like eight different lines in the show. (laughs) Yeah, she can really deliver them. Yeah. And Joey's face after this is pure shock. Like, Yeah. Well, I feel like this is, I don't know if this is supposed to be like a joke about like his acting. Because it's just like bad kind of like overly like one note shock face sort of thing. (laughs) Probably. Yeah. And then that's it. It Like just like zooms in on his shocked face. And then has like, you know, some ominous trills. And that's it. Yeah. Cuts to Chandler in the race car bed. So you have to assume that in the next episode we're going to address this. Oh, yeah. I mean, so my prediction of the whole season of them being together, probably not going to pan out. No. Unless there's a really knockdown, drag out breakup that lasts, <laughs> you know, two dozen episodes or whatever we have left. <laughs> oh, God. That sounds brutal. What's in the Friends News? Friends News. I have to say, it's pretty bleak this week. Not much Friends <laughs> News. I had to really dig a little deep. Okay. According to Tyla.com, Chandler Bing <laughs> has officially been voted the best Friends character. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> when did this happen? Just one day ago. Okay. According, you, what is this website? Tyla.com. T-Y-L-A? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> According to the rating site Ranker.co.uk, which receives 40 million visits a month, the majority of fans vote Chandler as their favorite. He topped the leaderboard of the friend, best friends characters of all time by over 2,500 votes. Tylo.com is not surprised by this. But, you know, <laughs> there's it, your friends it, news for the week. <laughs> thank you, LA. I'm just, I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Does it give a breakdown of the other characters? Oh, man. I really didn't like read this article, I mean, Chris. But let's see. I'm just wondering, you know, like was yeah, it were, does. Were Joey and Phoebe close? Chandler is closely followed by Joey Tribbiani, who sits in second place, while Phoebe Buffet is in third. All right, so I had the right Buffet, vote. I guess. Who do you think is the rest? So, Chandler, Joey, Phoebe, Ross, Rachel, Monica. Not bad. It's actually. There are some spoilers in here. So after Phoebe is Rachel, and then it's Paul Rudd's Mike Hannigan. Okay. (laughs) I guess he's coming later. And then uh, Monica is after that, and then Ross is in seventh after even Paul Rudd. (laughs) I gave him too much credit. Yeah. Good Friends news. Mm -hmm. Now on to the real show, Friends Trivia. It's time for Friends Trivia. This week, we're doing mattress trivia. Oh, boy. Yeah. So the source for this mattress trivia is uh, various mattress websites have mattress trivia, trivia on their websites. A lot of them have the same fun facts about mattresses, so there's a lot to sift through. So that's the general source. The word It's just the internet. <laughs> well, it's specifically mattress websites. What I'm trying to say is take this with a grain of salt because like how 
How yeah. much are these mattress websites generating yeah. their own research and content versus just copying other mattress websites? Yeah, it's some like factoid that's been repeated a thousand exactly. times and you yeah. know, it's no longer based in anything. Yeah, so this isn't like real hard research. I would consider this on the level of a BuzzFeed quiz. Yeah, we'll uh, punch in the robot if necessary. <laughs> no, go ahead and try to do your own research. I mean, it's a waste of time. All right, the word mattress comes from the Arabic word matra, which means straw, hay pile, to throw, or to tie. Straw? No. Is it hay pile? No. Ugh, what is it? To throw. To throw? Mm-hmm. All right. I don't really get it. I don't <laughs> really right. get it, but <laughs> all right. Who is first credited with ra uh, with sleeping on pallets raised off the floor? The English, the Mayans, the Greeks, or the Egyptians? The Egyptians. That is correct. 3400 BC, they were raising their mattresses up off the floor. Yeah, worried about snakes or something. Yeah, probably. Apparently that was huge. A huge innovation in like keeping uh, pests and whatever out of your bed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Seems obvious, but... Yeah. I but... guess during the rest of that time, everybody else was still sleeping with their mattress on the floor. Which one of these things was stolen from a San Antonio mattress store? An entire display case of military memorabilia... A pair of Tim Duncan autographed sneakers, a pet shark, or a MAGA cap, MAGA cap signed by Donald Trump. Man, those all sound plausible. The tough part is these were all various things that were stolen in San Antonio. Mm, they all, yeah, they do all do sound <laughs> real. I'm like, if you made these up, this is good. <laughs> um, what was it? Uh, Tim Duncan shoes. Mm -hmm. Um, the MAGA cap, mm -hmm. a baby, uh, a shark, pet and, shark, and um, an entire the... display case of military memorabilia worth three hundred thousand dollars. Um, I don't know the MAGA hat. No, it was the Tim Duncan sneakers. Uh, any of none of them would have surprised me. Those all made <laughs> well, perfect like I sense. Said, they were all stolen from various San Antonio places. Yeah, <laughs> you lose again. You don't know anything about mattresses. You got one right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Egypt. Yeah. Yeah. You know, whatever. You win some, you lose a lot. Unless you're me, in which you win a lot. This is not how, how trivia works. Yes. The house always wins. I don't know how many times I have to tell you that. You would host a terrible trivia night. You'd be like, and once again, <laughs> the, the, the $50 bar tab goes to, to me. me. <laughs> Drinking free tonight. I'm vanquished. You want to say the outro? Do, do I? I never do before. What? Ugh, okay. Fine. <laughs> I don't know. Why. You can catch us every Friday by noonish or whatever Chris gets around to it. And you can follow us on just.friends.podcast on Instagram, where I won't really post. But that's only because I'm so busy. Friends.